Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Ant-Man and the Wasp in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. It has been quite some time since I've done an episode by myself. Uh, I had the immense, immense fortune to have uh, a, a number of wonderful people on the show to help me out uh, to pre-record before I went on vacation. Very, very thankful. Um, all the episodes, I had a great time recording them, and uh, I, I hope that you guys had a great time listening to them. And I would... Given the response and, and how that kind of all shook out, uh, I'm going to try to do that kind of a thing more often and get more people to join me and <clears throat> talk about things with me. And I'm already kind of working on ideas for that in my head, and hopefully that'll that'll pan out in, in the coming weeks and months and so on and so forth. Today, however, it's just me, uh, and I'm going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. I was on vacation when it came out, I was waiting to see it with my girlfriend, and finally got the chance to see it last night, so uh, Monday night, after getting back from vacation, so uh, yeah, this is this is going to be some, some hot takes on Ant-Man and the Wasp, I don't have it on my spreadsheet yet, I don't even know what score I'm going to give it, but I have a pretty good idea of, of where it lands for me in the pantheon of MCU movies. So, to start with, let's uh, let's just get right into this, shall we? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the next Marvel movie that come, came out after Infinity War. Um, I shouldn't need to spoil anything in Infinity War to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, but, um, uh, so I'll try. If I, if I do, I, I will make an, uh, I will let people know beforehand rather than afterwards. Um, Ant-Man the Wasp uh, picks up about two years after the first Ant-Man. Uh, as you, there's a casual reference to why uh, Scott Lang is not in Infinity War from Infinity War, which is that he's on uh, house arrest, and we pick up with him on house arrest, stuck in his home, uh, un- unable to be Ant-Man, unable to really do anything at all, and. He is days away from having his ankle monitor taken off. Finally, right? We're, we're waiting for it. We've been hoping and praying for it at the same time. And so this movie, unlike the first Ant-Man, which I'm a big fan of. I really enjoyed the first Ant-Man. I thought it was a really nice small story that fit well into the greater world of the MCU, but also managed to feel fresh and new. Uh, We got to see Paul Rudd as Scott Lang kind of discover what it is to be a superhero coming from a background of a thief. And I thought that was all really interesting. And you had some fantastic supporting characters in the first Ant-Man from Evangeline Lilly as Hope, uh, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. And I mean, Michael Pena as as Lewis is amazing. So I was excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I, I was looking forward to it. I was hap- I was really looking forward to seeing more of Evangeline Lilly and uh, just f- kind of figure out how this movie, um, being a smaller in scope film uh, than most of the other Marvel movies, was going to play a role in the larger story 
and and particularly what what ultimately transpired uh, in, in Infinity War because right, like I said Ant-Man wasn't part of an Avengers movie and how did that happen why did that come to be what's going on so uh, this movie kind of takes pla- takes place um, at the same time as Infinity War uh, starts probably before Infinity War's events started actually um, but it is eventually simultaneously happening. And the general thrust of the film is that at the end of the first Ant-Man, uh, Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, is able to go into the quantum zone, quantum realm, and return. Uh, this is the place that absorbed and held and uh, presum- presumably uh, killed uh, Hope, Evangeline Lilly's mother, uh, and Michael Douglas's wife, uh, many, many years ago, 30 years ago. <clears throat> and the movie opens with a flashback to, to the whole sequence of that happening. But Scott did the same thing. He went to the same realm and returned. So what is different about him? Can can the thrust of this movie becomes, can we bring... Uh, the mother back is she still alive is it even possible and so that's kind of where or these characters are starting got paul rudd uh on house arrest and you've got evangeline lily and michael douglas trying to figure out a way to get to the quantum realm and see if they can find uh, uh hope's mother and if it's possible bring her back to real life bring her back to the world 30 years later and as the film progresses, we learn that there's a lot of tensions left over from the events in Civil War when uh, Scott went to help out Captain America and did it so without saying anything to Hope or Hank, did so uh, totally on his own, and, uh, you know, ended up being caught and imprisoned because of it. Yeah, that didn't that didn't rub Hope or Hank uh, the the right way at all. They're pretty pissed and haven't really been in touch with him. Not that they legally could, but they're also on the run because it's their technology. So the the question on my mind early on in the movie was how do we how do we involve Scott firstly, um, and secondly, what's Who's working against our intrepid heroes? Who is fighting against them in in maybe to prevent them from bringing their mother back, the mother back, uh, maybe for the technology, maybe for uh, maybe it's just the feds, maybe you know who who's who's the who's the antagonist in this movie? And interestingly enough, um, there's a few different antagonists in the film, and my first. The first praise I want to heap on this movie is that it really juggles a lot of different storylines throughout the film and a lot of different characters and a lot of different motivations. And I thought it did a fantastic job of that. Uh, You have Lawrence Fishburne, who plays sort of a jilted ex-partner to Michael Douglas. Uh, You have Hannah John Kamen, who plays um, Ghost in the film. You have Walton Goggins, who plays kind of a black black arms uh, black black market technology dealer. You have Randall Park, 
who plays Wu, who is the um, agent assigned to keep a watch, keep an eye on Paul Rudd. So you have all these different people who are introduced in this movie, who are given uh, a wide range of things uh, to to do and to sort of uh, keep in check throughout the film. And and not only do they continually continuously interact with our pr- principal characters, they interact with themselves. They are our you know, they butt heads with each other, they butt heads with our heroes, and it makes, and, and it feels like it would be very complicated, and even while, while watching the movie, I was very surprised at how easy it was for me to keep all these different moving parts separate. Uh, you know, clearly far from as many characters as Infinity War had, but in Infinity War, you had all the heroes and all the villains. You had two sides fighting against each other. In this movie, you have, you know, you have the Fed, the the FBI, you have Ant-Man and the Wasp, you have Lawrence Fishburne, you have Ghost, you have Walton Goggins, you have all these different factions. So it's a little bit different, a little bit of a different situation for them to kind of keep, for, for us, the viewer, to keep track of. And I was impressed that the film really was able to hold things together that well. That said, um, my problem one of my problems with the movie is that it at the when when all is said and done none of the quote-unquote villains or antagonists of the film really feel up to the job uh you know it's it's very much unlike the first movie i think as as kind of bland as Corey Stoll was as the as the villain as the yellow jacket in in the first Ant-Man he was still a menacing villain we were still I was still afraid of him you know coming to power and and, you know mastering this technology and keeping his hands on it and in this movie I really don't feel like any of the other characters outside of Ant-Man Wasp and and Michael Douglas really have a chance to, to go home with anything like I, I don't feel like there's a chance they'll succeed I don't feel like there's a chance that they'll make it out of this whereas at least with Corey Stoll Stoll's character I felt like yeah maybe he won't win but like he can really do some damage in the process like he is powerful enough he is capable enough and none of the other characters like we they try to sort of push us in this in a direction regarding Ghost but I don't think the movie ever really takes advantage of her in the best possible way, so it all feels a little, falls a little flat for me at the end of the day, and that's kind of frustrating. I think the the movie does a good job of building up the the sides of these this story, but not fleshing them out really at all. So you're you end up with I don't know this 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 kind of interesting fun action movie because it's not really a heist movie uh it's not i mean it's maybe even more sci-fi than 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 action to be honest but you know i love michael pena in this uh michael pena ti and and david dismalchian who play uh sort of paul rudd's group from the first movie they were all in the first movie the three of them were incredible I, i love them in the supporting cast in this movie uh, and I think, I mean, across the board, the performances are pretty good. Um, the writing was, f- 
fine. It's not as well written as the first. They lay the jokes on a lot thicker, and um, when it hits, it hits, but sometimes it doesn't hit, and that's really not so great. Um, I loved the recurring joke about close-up magic. thought that was really funny. Uh, but, I don't know, it, it just... I don't feel like the movie itself does enough for the Marvel Cinematic Universe within its actual runtime. I think it kind of it's kind of just here to explain where Paul Rudd was, I guess, during Infinity War, if if you want to call it that. Uh, but it doesn't seem to be. I don't know. It, it and it does that, I suppose. It uh, you know. But does it, it doesn't really add anything else to that. And I, I wish it had. I wish it had done something else. Because, you know, it's titled Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, they're not even really a duo until closer to the end of the film. You know, they start out at odds with each other. Reluctant partners. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't feeling it that way. Which, you know, is, is frustrating. Uh, I also think, you know, and this is a tougher, tougher criticism to satisfy, but a lot of this movie revolves around the quantum realm. And as I think Paul Rudd says at one point in the movie, do you guys just throw quantum in front of anything? Because, like, it's quantum this, quantum that, quantum... And I, I don't have any context for what that what that is, other than you get really, really small. There are effects and and consequences of the quantum realm that are shown in this movie, but not explained, at least very well. There are problems that are solved by the quantum realm that I wasn't able to understand. There are so so much of this movie revolves on the revolves around the quantum realm, and if that's a something that's going to tie into future Marvel movies, we need to know exactly what it means, right? We need to have a full understanding and complete grasp of what the quantum realm is and what it means and how it affects everything. And we don't, or at least I don't. And if I have to read the comics to do that, like I don't have the time for that and not mo and most viewers won't. And I think there's this huge disconnect between what the quantum realm is how it's different from the real world, why it's different, you know, how being that tiny is more than just being super tiny. Because what 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 else is there? You know, and I could lob the same criticism at Doctor Strange because it introduces like five or six different realms and it doesn't really fully explain any of them. So it's it's frustrating and I don't know that there's really a way for the movie to express and explain that kind of thing without like sitting us down for 30 minutes and lecturing at us but uh, you know the, some of the many of the writers in these marvel movies are very skilled very talented and there has to be a way for that to to be successful for that to succeed and this was not it um i don't, I don't know what i would have wanted out of i don't know what this movie could have done to to for me personally i think it leaves a lot of it leaves a lot out there or it leaves a lot behind that it could have su uh, successfully pulled off but that said i did enjoy it like it was fun 
I like Evangeline Lilly, and oh my goodness, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer absolutely owns the like five seconds of screen time that she has. Uh, it's a shame she's not in this movie more. She was incredible. She looks fantastic. She's just such a striking figure in this movie, and I really hope that her time in the MCU isn't isn't gone. I think that um, the best part for me are is is it's the implications at the end of the movie and how this really does tie into the larger MCU because on its surface level it really only ties in through the quantum realm and and that's fine but finally in the post credit scenes we actually get actual connections to what else has been going on in this universe which is nice and and I think not unexpected I think most people who have seen Infinity War knew what they were getting into when uh the you know, when they found out that Ant-Man and the Wasp wasn't going to be taking place after the events of Infinity War. It was during and pre the Infinity War. So you kind of knew where things were headed, but I, I was still impressed at the lengths the movie went. And yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to Avengers 4. I, I really hope to see uh, Paul Rudd in that, and, and, you know, I'm sure he will be, and somehow, right, like, the, it's perhaps the most precipitous ending, uh, with the exception of Infinity War that we've seen in the MCU, which is surprising coming from an Ant-Man movie, you know, it's, it's not so much that, um, it's not so much that, like, things aren't resolved, it's just the, the situation that, that the, the characters find themselves in at the very end of the post credit sequence is, is very much in limbo. You know, you're not really sure how the, anything's going to get fixed because uh, it feels like there aren't a lot of options left for what's going on. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that's resolved. It does kind of add an extra sort of cliffhanger going into the next Avengers movie, which I'm appreciative of, as long as they're able to address it in a succinct and and convenient, but also intelligent manner. So, uh, that being said, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, features some, you know, Doctor Strange kind of effects. Uh, You know, it looks really cool, you know, traveling into the quantum realm, a lot of colors and, and... craziness uh the shrinking and and growing of all the, of diff- of people of buildings of cars of everything is is really fantastic i never felt i never was taken out of the movie by any of them um ghost her abilities are are pretty well displayed and i i think that the movie does a great job of just showing what these things would look like and and making them all feel like they would really exist in the world and that's that's tough, you know, it was, I, I don't remember falling out of the, the. I don't remember feeling like being taken out of the first Ant-Man movie by the effects, but, I mean, the effects have come such a long way between then and now, and I, I'm very impressed with where they're at, because they look fantastic. Uh, a lot of scenes with um, Paul Rudd as, like, a three-foot-tall child, kind of, uh, those are fine, 
um, but but also you know those those are the one a couple of moments where it didn't the effects themselves didn't take them take me out just knowing that it was Paul Rudd. It felt like his head was the same size, but the rest of him was smaller. So I don't know, maybe that was just me, um, and things. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's very similar. So I like I ended up giving Infinity War a fifty-five out of a hundred, and Ant-Man and the Wasp is a solid Marvel movie. It's an okay movie. It's it's not. Black Panther, it's not Thor Ragnarok, uh, it's not even like Guardians 2 or Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, you know, it falls in about the same range as Infinity War, and so if I'm looking at the 2018 films that I've seen in that area, um, I'm probably putting it in a couple of points above Infinity War, maybe like a 57, but I really think that it left a lot of I don't know, it, it didn't take enough chances, and then it kind of just kind of fell flat for me most of the time. But it's fun, and um, Michelle Pfeiffer and Evangeline Lilly, and best in show, Michael Pena. Like, holy crap, Michael Pena, best in show. He is great. The entire truth serum scene, I loved that. Um, Baba Yaga, that whole thing, that whole sequence was fantastic. Just get Lewis to do more. Just give give him give him his own movie. Like he's he's great. Michael Pena absolutely kills this movie and might honestly be the biggest reason why the movie gets his, gets above a fifty for me is Michael Pena. So uh Ant Man and the Wasp, guys. Um cool. I I don't know, I, I don't have I don't want to really go into spoilers for this. Um if I do you know, at all, maybe. I, I, I'm very far behind in my statistics, so uh, I might be able to put a get that together. I think this would be a worthy film to do statistics for. So if I can pull that together in time for Friday, I will do that. Otherwise, looking ahead on the schedule, we have the top 10 new June movies I saw, uh, which is still an episode to be put out, as well as top 10 1920s born actors, uh, which is also coming. So... Uh, That'll at least bring us to Monday, uh, Wednesday, with the statistics episode for sure. So uh, that's where things are at. Um, there are plenty more movies coming out. I'm I'm not even fully sure what's out there. Uh, I still have to see Sorry to Bother You. I know Eighth Grade is coming out, I think, this weekend in a lot of places. I don't know if it's coming out near me. But, uh, I mean, haven't seen Skyscraper yet. Haven't seen Hotel Transylvania 3 yet. Um, not that those are really movies high on my expectations list but they are movies big movies that are out that made money so i've got a lot of catching up to do and i'm gonna be trying to juggle all this stuff while also needing to move within the next two weeks as well so things are going to be a little hectic i'm going to try and get all these episodes out to you guys on time and uh thank you for listening um yeah thank you so much i really appreciate it and if you'd like to get in touch about about anything, uh, I'm on Twitter at Circle of Film, or you can email me, circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, you can do so on patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode. And if you would like to 
Check out more episodes, check out more information, anything you want about this podcast, about me and my spreadsheet. You can do the, that at circleoffilm.com. Find that, all those informations, and much, much more. Thank you once again for listening to today's episode. Um, solid thumb sideways for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, thank you, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.